Amen. Good morning, good evening, good afternoon, whatever time of day it is where you are. Uh, I would like to thank you for tuning in to Rev Kev and The Root, where we get to the root and not just the shoot. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for this day. I ask that you would speak to us, Lord, that you would let your word resonate in our hearts and in our minds, Father. And Lord, I thank you, Father, that your word does not allow anything to be hidden in our lives. But you said in your word that your word is a double-edged sword that goes down. It pierces the, uh, to the division of soul and spirit, joints and marrow. So, Father, I ask that you would search and that you would find anything, Lord, that is not like you and that you would surgically remove it out of our lives. And Father, I just thank you, Father. I just ask that you would have your perfect way. Lord, I thank you that... Father, uh, in this world, I thank you that you have given truth, Lord, in a time when there's so much disinformation and misinformation. Lord, I thank you that we could always count on you to tell us the truth as you have in your word. And Lord, I thank you that we can build our lives upon your word, Father. I just ask that you would have your perfect will in our lives today. In Jesus' name, amen. The title of... Our podcast is Realms and the Trichotomy of Mankind. Realms and the Trichotomy of Mankind, exercising our spiritual senses, the sense of sight. Uh, the title of today's uh, or the subtopic of today's podcast is finally out of Egypt. Finally out of Egypt. Um. God uh, delivered the children of Israel from a situation that was the result of the decision of someone else. God delivered the children of Israel, or the children of Yaakov or Jacob, out of a situation that was the result of the decision of someone else. And that someone else was that Pharaoh who did not know Joseph. And the Bible says that he told his people that uh, the children of Israel were multiplying and they were flourishing and they were uh, multiplying and beginning to become very numerous. And he said, well, if there breaks out any war, then the children of Israel will join with our enemies and uh you know, uh, fight against us. Well, there's nowhere in the Bible that I see that the children of Israel ever said that. And that is why I labeled this particular Pharaoh a uh, narcissistic, paranoia, schizophrenic, uh, because this was <clears throat> this was not true. Uh, this was something that he dreamed up in his own mind. Uh, and then he projected it upon the children of Israel and he uh, 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 took and he convinced his people to follow his type of logic. Well, I believe that that was a satanic attack upon the children of Yaakov or the children of Jacob, because anytime that God is trying to do something, then the devil is going to, to try to stand in the way as he did in the Garden of Eden when God had planted the garden in there and placed the man into the garden to dress and to keep it uh, and gave him a help me to help him. And then the next thing you know, uh, the Bible says that now the serpent. Uh, and, you know, some people may say, well, that wasn't the devil or whatever. But however, 
the Bible bears out that he is the, the tempter. He is the accuser of the brethren. And Jesus, uh, you know, uh, John, uh, the revelator, says in the revelation of Jesus, which is the book of Revelation, he says that old serpent, the uh, that dragon, the old serpent, the devil. And uh, so, however... Here were the children of Israel, Yaakov, down in Egypt, and, uh, you know, they got into a situation that were was not their fault. Uh, and so I think this is the whole of Scripture that uh, it's a book about redemption. And, you know, uh, we see in the book of uh, Better Sheet or the book of Genesis what happened to, to man and what the, the decision that Adam made affected all men. It didn't just affect him. It affected all men or all uh, mankind. And that's the way decisions are, is that uh, many of our decisions doesn't, does not just affect us, but it affects everyone else uh, around us also. Uh, and uh, one thing that I was uh kind of looking at uh is the simple fact that um how decisions affect everyone our decisions uh in the book of first corinthians chapter 15 verse 22 it says for just as in connection with adam all die so in connection with the messiah or with jesus all will be made alive and it said that we did not sin after the likeness of adam's sin in romans but it says that so since adam's sin darkness passed upon all mankind in hebrews uh chapter 7 uh verse 9 and 10 let me get over there uh hebrews chapter 7 verse 9 and 10 it says uh, and as I may so say, Levi also who receiveth tithes. It's talking about Melchizedek and Abraham right here. And as I may say, Levi also who receiveth tithes, paid tithes in Abraham. For he was yet in the loins of his father when Melchizedek met him. So it says Levi paid tithes. Um Levi also who receiveth tithes. I'm sorry, it says Levi who also receives tithes, paid tithes in Abraham, for he was yet in the loins of his father when Melchizedek met him. And the loins is talking about the reproductive organs. And so he's saying that uh, Levi was still in Abraham's uh, reproductive organs. He had not yet come to fruition he was not born yet but he he still uh uh had the effects of what abraham did and so here it is that even just like i just said with adam when adam sinned uh every child after that bore the effects of that sin they inherited that sin nature it was a, a genetic thing uh, and sin is not something that is without the body, but sin is on the inside because Paul said in the book of Romans in chapter seven, he said that 
uh, uh, that which I would not do that I do and that which I uh, uh, wouldn't do. I, you know, I do it and that which I should do. I don't do it. So and then Paul said, oh, wretched man that I am. He said, sin that dwells in me. He didn't say sin that dwells around me, but he said sin that dwells in me. And so, um, and so we see today, even as with this particular Pharaoh, that, uh, the problem wasn't an external problem, but the problem was an internal problem. And even in our world today, in our society, the problem is not an external problem, but the problem is an internal problem with man, with his disposition, with his makeup, with his, gen uh, his genetic, uh, his DNA. Uh, and so the Bible said that uh, when Adam sinned, that their eyes were open and death passed upon all men, Paul says, and the hearts of all men and women were darkened. We were uh, cut off from the life of God. And so uh, here it is that they're down here in Egypt bearing the uh, bearing some uh, results that they did not create. They had nothing to do with what Pharaoh did. We had nothing to do with what Adam did, but we're still bearing the results of what Adam did. And so I believe that the whole Bible is a book of redemption, is a book of coming out of something. It's a book of coming out of sin. It's a book of coming out of uh, these habits. And, you know, many times we try to fight these different habits without knowing the origin of it. And also without the power of God, we need the power of God and God knows how to deal with everything that is trying to deal with us. Did you hear what I said? God knows how to deal with every enemy that is trying to destroy us or trying to deal with us. And so God said in Exodus chapter 11, See, because God knows exactly what it will take to get us free from whatever is holding us. In Exodus chapter 11, verse 1, it says, And the Lord said unto Moses, unto Moshe, Yet will I bring one plague more upon Pharaoh or Pyro and upon Egypt. Afterwards, he will let you go hence when he shall let you go. He shall surely thrust you out hence altogether. He, you know, at other times, Pharaoh said, well, you can go three days journey, but don't go too far. Come right back and all that kind of stuff. But God says, when I send this plague, which is the plague of the death of every firstborn in Egypt and every uh, firstborn animal in Egypt, everything is going to die that's firstborn in Egypt. Then he will surely let you go. And so God, you know, sends this uh, particular plague upon Egypt. And the Bible says that there was such a great cry in Egypt that had never been heard uh, ever before, uh, except at, at one particular time. Now, listen at this. It says in, in uh, Exodus or in Shemot, which is the Hebrew name for the book of Exodus, which uh, I think I misstated one time, but the name Shemot in in every Hebrew book in the, in the, in the former covenant or the Old Testament, 
the name is always derived from the first couple of words or or maybe the first verse or the second verse or some name or some uh phrase that is in that verse and so then the the name of the book is derived from whatever name or phrase or whatever is at the beginning the beginning part of that book but it says this in uh Shemot or in uh, Exodus chapter 12 in verse 29 it says at midnight Adonai killed all the firstborn in the land of Egypt from the firstborn of Pharaoh sitting on his throne to the firstborn of the prisoner in the dungeon and all the firstborn of the livestock. Pharaoh got up at midnight, he and all his servants and all the Egyptians, and there was horrendous wailing in Egypt, horrendous wailing, crying and, and screaming in Egypt. For there wasn't a single house without someone dead in it. He summoned Moshe or Moses and Aharon or Aaron by night and said, Up and leave my people, both you and the people of Israel, and go serve Adonai as you said. Take both your flocks and your herds as you said and get out of here. But bless me too. The Egyptians pressed to send the people out of the land quickly because they said otherwise we'll all be dead. The people took their dough before it had become leavened. This is where we get the feast of unleavened bread and the feast of Passover and wrapped their kneading bowls in their clothes and on their shoulders. The people of Israel had done what Moshe had said, they had asked the Egyptians to give them silver and gold and jewelry and clothing. You know, it said that the, the children of, of Israel or the children of, ya of Yaakov had done what Moshe or Moses had said and asked the Egyptians for money, for silver, for gold and all that kind of thing. But you see, because in our deliverance, in our lives, we have to cooperate with God and whatever he asks us to do in that deliverance in him bringing us out of bondage. We have to do that. We have to cooperate with him and do what he says. And Adonai had made the Egyptians so favorably disposed toward the people, turn the people, turn the, uh, uh, the Egyptians heart towards the children of Israel. God had did that. It said that he made them favorably disposed toward the people that they had let them have whatever they requested. This they plundered the Egyptians. The people of Israel traveled from Ramses to Sukkot, the Bible says, some 600,000 men on foot, not counting children, a mixed crowd. Uh, now, one thing I want to mention, too, is that the Bible says that um, at a certain point, which was around the time when this Pharaoh arose that knew not Joseph, uh, that uh, all of the generation of Joseph had died off, he and all his brothers. And so, uh, and 400 years had passed and at this time. And so, the people that were leaving Egypt were those that were born in Egypt. And so they're leaving a place, even though it wasn't 
the nicest place to them, uh, even though Pharaoh was, were, was mean to them and heartless, uh, it still was home to them. And so they were leaving a place of familiarity and going into a place that wasn't familiar. It's just like when we get saved, we're leaving something that is familiar. We're used to going to the club. We're used to drinking. We're used to uh, uh, whoremongering or we're used to, you know, uh, whatever it may be. And then we're going into some uncharted waters and we're going into uh, a place that we're not used to. And so I'm trying to put us in the mindset so that we can understand uh, the logic of the children of Israel and some of the ways that they acted in the wilderness and, and ways that they were thinking in the wilderness before they got to the land of promise, which none of this generation made it into the land of promise. But we'll we'll get to that later on with Joshua. Uh, a mixed crowd, the Bible says, also went up with them as well as livestock in large numbers, both flocks and herds. They baked matzah, matzah bread, loaves from the dough they had brought out of Egypt since it was unleavened because they had been driven out of Egypt without time to prepare supplies for themselves. So all of these things, the Feast of Unleavened Bread and the fact that it doesn't have leaven in it points back to Egypt in the time of bondage when the Hebrews were there in Egypt getting ready to leave and they didn't have time to bake the bread. So therefore there was no leaven in it. And so even to this day, uh, the, he, the Israelites do not uh, bake their bread at the Feast of uh, Passover with leaven in it. The Bible said the time uh, the people of Israel lived in Egypt was 430 years, 430 years. At the end of 430 years to the day, all the divisions of Adonai left the land of Egypt. This was a night when Adonai kept vigil to bring them out of the land of Egypt. And this same night continues to be a night when Adonai keeps vigil for all the people of Israel through all their generations. Adonai said to Moshe and to Aharon, this is the regulation for the Pesach lamb or the Passover lamb. No foreigner is to eat it. But if anyone has a slave he uh, bought for money, when you have circumcised him, he may eat it. Neither a traveler nor a hired servant may eat it, it is to be eaten in one house. You are not to take any of the meat outside the house and you are not to break any of its bones. Now, let me say a couple of things here. When Jesus ate the Passover with his disciples, he made sure that they ate the Passover. Uh, um, and so uh, when it talks about the lamb, uh, the, the Passover lamb, John said, behold, the Lamb of God that takes away the sins of the world. John was not just saying that because uh, uh, he didn't have anything else to say at that time, but he was saying that because that Lamb pointed to Jesus, and he was trying to let the the uh, those of uh, the Israelites and the Judeans know that this is the Lamb. This is the 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 foreshadow. This is what was foreshadowed 
in the law and the prophets in the old testament as some say or in the former covenant when we talk about the children of israel eating a lamb in uh, egypt we're talking about this this is what we're talking about this is the one who is the deliverer the whole community of israel is to keep it he says if a foreigner staying with you wants to observe uh adonai's pesach all his males must be circumcised then he may take part and observe it. He will be like a citizen of the land, but no uncircumcised person is to eat it. The same teaching is to apply equally to the citizen and to the foreigner living among you. <clears throat> All the people of Israel did just as Adonai had ordered uh, Moshe and Aharon. On that very day, Adonai brought the people of Israel out of the land by their divisions. And if you notice something about God, let me say this, that God is the one who says how we are to worship him, the things that we are to do in his service. Uh, God is the one who says these things. And all of these uh, feasts are visible feasts that we can actually see with our eyes because God is invisible. He gave us a visible way to observe him and his ordinances and the things that he wants us to do. And so, uh, you know, God is the one who says this because we can't just make up some rules and rituals and then apply them to our service of God. Because Jesus told the, the Pharisees and the scribes and the people that were listening, he said, you lay aside the commandments of God for your traditions, but it doesn't mean that that is pleasing to God, you see. We must come to God the way that he says to come to him. We must serve God the way that he says to serve him. God won't accept anything less. And if you notice, God is very, very detailed in the way that he's telling the children of Israel to observe the Passover. He's very, very detailed. He's very, very ordered uh, in the way that he is uh, directing them. In uh, Exodus chapter 13 uh, it says, Adonai said to Moshe, set aside for me all the firstborn, whatever is first from the womb among the people of Israel, uh, both of humans and of animals, belongs to me. Uh, Moshe said to the people, remember this day on which you left Egypt, you abode, uh, uh, I'm sorry, the abode of slavery. Remember the day that you left Egypt, the abode of slavery because Adonai by the strength of his hand and whenever it talks talks about the arm of the Lord or the hand of the Lord uh nine times out of ten it's talking about the right hand but when it talks about that it's talking about Jesus uh in in the prophet it says who has the arm of the Lord been revealed and in that particular reference in the book of Isaiah is making reference of Christ uh he says has uh the the hand of the Lord uh has brought you out of this place. Do not eat hamets. You are leaving today in the month of Aviv when Adonai brings you into the land of the Canaanite or the Canaanite, the Hittite, the Amorite, the Hivite, and the Jebusite, which he swore to your ancestors to give you a land flowing with milk and honey. And some people say that the land is actually, it actually has milk and honey in the ground, 
But besides that, it means that it's very uh, uh, productive, bringing them into a productive place. You are to observe this ceremony in this month. Not whenever you decide to do it, but this is when you are to observe it. For seven days, you are to eat uh, matzah bread. And the seventh day is to be a festival for Adonai. Matzah is to be eaten throughout the seven days. Neither Hamach nor uh, leavening agents are to be seen with you throughout your territory. And many Hebrew or Israelite people, uh, as we call them today Jews, uh, take the, the, uh, the leaven out of their homes uh, at the time of Passover. They remove all the leaven out of the house. On that day, you are to tell your son, it is because of what Adonai did for me when I left Egypt. All of these customs that are here in uh, this former covenant or Old Testament, as some say, we have to pass on to our children. Because if we don't pass it on to our children, how will they know? And if they don't know, how can they do it? And if they don't, you know, it just it'll die. The, 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 the rituals and, and, and the, or the festivals will eventually cease because we did not pass on these traditions to them. Moreover, it will serve you as a sign on your hand and a, a, as a reminder between your eyes so that Adonai's Torah may be on your lips because with a strong hand Adonai brought you out of Egypt. Therefore, you are to observe this regulation at its proper time. Uh, year after year, when Adonai brings you into the land of the Canaanite or the Canaanite as he swore to you and your ancestors and gives it to you, you are to set apart for Adonai everything that is from uh, first from the womb, set aside everything that is first from the womb, every firstborn male animal will bring or will belong to Adonai. Every firstborn from a donkey, you are to redeem with a lamb. But if you choose not to redeem it, you must break its neck. But from people, you are to redeem every firstborn son. When at some future time, your son asks you, what is this? When you, uh, then you say to him with a strong hand, Adonai brought us out of Egypt, out of the abode of slavery. When Pharaoh was unwilling to let us go, Adonai killed all the firstborn males in the land of Egypt, both the firstborn of humans and the firstborn of animals. This is why I sacrifice to Adonai any male that is first from the womb of an animal. But all the firstborn of my sons I redeem. This will serve as a sign on your hand and at the at the front of a, a head uh, band around your forehead that with a strong hand Adonai brought out of brought us out of Egypt and so there should never be a forgetting or a dismissal of the significance of what we do and why we do what we do you know and so these things uh, need to be carried on and 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 carried out um it says this in uh exodus chapter 13 verse 17 after pharaoh had let the people go god did not guide them to the highway that goes through the land of the philistim or canaan 
or the Philistine because it was close by, God thought that the people upon seeing war might change their minds and return to Egypt. Rather, God let the people by a roundabout route through the desert by the Sea of Suf, which is the Red Sea. The people of Israel went up from the land of Egypt fully armed. Moshe took the bones of Yosef with him, for Yosef, or Joseph, had made the people of Israel swear an oath when, uh, when he said, God will certainly remember you, and you are to carry my bones up with you away from here. They traveled from Sukkot, uh, which is near um, Ramses in the land of Goshen, and set up camp in Etam at the edge of the desert. Adonai went ahead of them uh, in a column of cloud during the daytime to lead them on their way, and at night in a column of fire to give them light. Thus they could travel both by day and by night. Neither the column of cloud by day nor the, nor the column of fire at night went away from in front of the people. Uh, you know, so at times uh, we may feel closed in, but God is doing uh, a dual thing. He's, he's working for us and dealing with the enemy at the same time. Uh, let me read a little bit of uh, Exodus or Shemot uh, chapter 14. Adonai said to Moshe, tell the people of Israel to turn around and set up camp in front of Piharath between Migdal and the sea in front of Baal Zephon. Camp opposite it camp opposite it by the sea, then Pharaoh will say that the people of Israel are wandering aimlessly in the countryside. The desert has closed them in. I will make Pharaoh so hard-hardened that he will pursue them. Thus, I will win glory for myself at the expense of Pharaoh and all his army, and the Egyptians will realize at last that I am Adonai. The people did as ordered. And so we have to understand that when God is leading us, God is leading us uh, strategically. And we have to do what he says to do. We have to follow uh, the directions that God gives us. And if we follow the directions that he gives us, then we'll wind up in a good place. Because not only did God see the children of Israel, but he also saw the enemy. And so the way that God is, is, is leading us, he's doing a dual thing. He's looking at the path that we are to take, but he's also looking at the one that is pursuing us. And so we have to be man maneuverable. Did you hear what I said? We have to be willing to be maneuverable. We have to be willing to be uh, uh, flexible uh, because and follow God, follow the visual signs. The Bible said that the that the that God's presence did not depart from before the children of Israel. He led them by a pillar of cloud by day and a pillar of fire by night. But God was always leading them. He was always leading them. He was always before them. The Bible said that the, the, the pillar of cloud did not depart from before them. Now, at one point when Pharaoh's uh, uh, pursuing the children of Yaakov, the children of Israel, 
the 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 cloud stood be- behind them it stood between them and pharaoh but god never ever abandoned the mission that he had the children of israel on and sometimes you know it looked like the blessing is so close that we could almost reach out and touch it but then uh god shifts things and so when 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 they were leaving out of egypt uh and they would they could have just went right into the land of canaan the land of promise but god said that they might encounter war and then they'll change their minds you see because because we have a free will just like in the garden of eden when god told adam don't eat of that tree and he ate anyway and his wife ate and all that kind of stuff well they had a choice to make and they had a choice to make and so uh, the children of israel had a choice to make either we're going to keep pursuing god and, and going the way that he has for us to go or we're going to turn back and God didn't want them to turn back, but he knew that if they had seen war break out uh, in with the Philistines, that they just might change their minds and turn around and go back the other way. Uh, I want to read something that Jesus and all of us are basically familiar with it. Jesus' uh, mother said uh, at the marriage supper of Canaan, when they ran out of wine and they had six water pots there and they had water and Jesus turned the water into wine and he was telling the people what to do. Uh, in, in John chapter two and verse five, Jesus mother instructs the people this, and it's a powerful statement. She said in John or Yochanan, which is what his name really is, but in English, we named him John, uh, uh, chapter 2 verse 5 his mother saith unto the servants whatsoever he saith unto you do it uh, you can't get any more direct than that and more powerful than that she said to the servants you know i mean we always have questions uh why is god leading me this way uh why am i going down this road here or wouldn't it be easier just to do this or you know we always have questions and and some of us think that we know a little bit better than what God does uh, how to handle situations but she says to the servants at the marriage of the Cana uh, the marriage supper of Cana of Galilee Mary says to the servants whatever he tells you to do do it whatever he tells you to do just do it. And because they obeyed and did what he said, then they wound up with some wine, you see, without having to wait for it to be fermented and all that other kind of stuff. See, we can cut through the process of a lot of things if we would just be obedient to God, because God can take something that would take 10 years and make it happen in one day. You see what I'm saying? God can take something that would take a lifetime and make it happen in one year. That's 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 just the way he is. Time God what God does, time has no bearing on it. But what time does have a bearing on is every man and every woman that is in this world. That's why the Bible says redeeming the time because we know that the days are evil, so we have to redeem the time. We have to buy it back. We have to buy it up. Amen. But uh, one of the other things that I want to share before my time is up is that uh, God says to to Moshe or to Moses and to Aharon, 
in Exodus, backing up just a little bit, in Exodus chapter 12, uh, verse 1, God says, And the, uh, the Lord spake unto Moses, or to Moshe, and to Aaron, or Aharon, in the land of Egypt before they left, saying, This month shall be unto you the beginning of months. It shall be the first month of the year to you. And we just read that it was in the month of Aviv, which this month is the month of Kislev, uh, 5781. And right now we're in the middle of Hanukkah. And so the things that God does, we need to remember. We need to write them down. We need to mark them down. You remember a few podcasts ago, I said that we need to chart our our journeys with God because the things that God does in our lives is significant and there are things that are significant enough to be written down so that they can be remembered. You, did you hear what I said? We need to remember the things that God does in our lives and not only just remember them, but we need to celebrate them. This is what the, the different feasts, especially the spring festivals. And, and, and we read about the children of Israel and the Passover lamb. And, and, and that's the feast of Passover. We need to remember that because the Jesus said, I didn't come to destroy the law or the prophets, but I have come to fulfill them. And so the fulfillment of Passover is when we eat the Lord's Supper, you see, because God said, look, you need to take the blood and you need to apply it to the doorpost and over the door and on the sides of the door. And when the death angel passes through Egypt, then, you know, I'll, I'll spare that place where I see the blood. Wherever I see the blood, I will spare it. And so we're only spared from the judgment of God because of the blood of Christ, because of the blood of Jesus, because we have accepted him as our Lord and Savior, as our Messiah, and, and, and accepting the fact through faith that he died on the cross. And so therefore we are spared. But we need to remember all the, the feasts and the festivals because God said this will be the beginning of months to you. See, God didn't start when they were in Egypt, in the house of bondage, in the house of slavery. But when they were delivered, then God said, look, this is the beginning. I want you to, to, to keep a record, keep a record of what's going on, what I'm doing in the, in the life of the children of Jacob, in the, in the life of the children of Israel. you see. And uh, the, 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 the calendar that the Hebrew people use is not the same calendar that we use. We use the Gregorian calendar, which is, uh, in my opinion, a pretty foul calendar. And you can't really get the significance, the true significance of what God really did by following the Gregorian calendar. Uh, and, and just take, for instance, the days of our week, which we have Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. Well, uh, uh, I don't have time to really go into the full history of it right now, but Monday is actually moon day, uh, the goddess or the, uh, of the moon. Uh, Tuesday is Tuesday. Uh, Wednesday is Odin's day. Uh, Thursday is Thor's day. You know, and, and Friday is Fridge's Day, Saturday is Saturn's Day, and Sunday is Sunday, which one of the uh, the, god, the false gods of that particular day is Ra, uh, the god of the Egyptians that worship the sun. But our, the well, our, the Gregorian calendar 
uh, is a solar calendar. It has 12 months, 28 to 31 days, 365 days. It has a leap year, you know, and things like that. But the Hebrew calendar is a lunar cycle calendar. Uh, the day, the hour, the month, and the year, the length of the days and the hours vary by season, controlled by the times of sunset, nightfall, dawn, and sunrise. Yeah, uh, the lunar cycle is what the months follow, but must always align themselves with the season of the year, which are governed by the sun. The Hebrew calendar is lunar, uh, 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 lunar solar. Uh, this, uh, the solar years are 365 days. The lunar is 354 days. Uh, in ancient times, the high court in Jerusalem or Jerusalem called the, Sin, the Sanhedrin. That was the high court. The beginning uh, was assigned the task of determining the beginning and the end of each month and the balancing of the solar with the lunar years. They relied on the observance of the new moon, astronomical data, and other considerations. Astronomical, not astronomical, but not astrological. I'm sorry, not astrological, but astronomical. Uh, but after the destruction of the temples, uh, however, when oppression and persecution threatened the continued existence of the court, a fixed calendar was instituted based on lunar-solar principles. This calendar contains new moons, not different moons, but new moons. When a, when a, a new moon is when the moon disappears. And then, you know, you first see a little sliver, it disappears. Uh, but it also contains certain rules by which complex astronomical calculations are combined with the religious requirements into an amazing precise system. And so we see in the Bible that uh, you know, when it talks about when God created, you know, move from day to day and the things that he did during each day, it said in the evening, in the morning with the first day, not like in the Western culture where the morning and the evening is a day. No, the day begins in the evening on the Hebrew calendar. And so there are many things that because we don't really look into these things and study these things, uh, you know, when the children of Israel came out of Egypt and how God said this is the beginning uh, of months, you know, which the beginning in Hebrew is Rosh, Rosh, uh, and Hashanah has to do with the month, Rosh Hashanah, you know, or Rosh Kodesh, um, you know, so uh, we have to look into those things and, you know, sometimes we we, we uh, look at the simple fact that uh, God belongs to whatever group of people, but he doesn't. God doesn't belong to the, the Jewish people. God doesn't just belong to the Arab people. God doesn't just belong to the European, the white folks or the pale people, which are not really white, but they're pale, uh, doesn't belong to them. God, we belong to him, you see, and we were created for his pleasure. And so we need to look into the ways that God wants things done. And I think is really what the Holy Spirit is really saying in this podcast that we need to really cooperate with God and do things the way that he wants them done. We need to look into the word of God. Now, you do what you want to do. I mean, you know, as a as a, uh, 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 you know, just as a side note of this podcast, I put out information because I believe and I try my best to be yielded to God enough to be able to hear what God is saying and to be able to be a vessel to speak what God is saying. But no one has to do anything that I'm saying. No one has to do anything that God is saying. 
But there is a consequence for not doing what God has said to do. You see, so if we're willing to pay the price, then we could do our own thing. If we're willing to suffer judgment, then we could do our own thing and not listen to God. Don't listen to Rev Kev. Don't listen to no other preacher, prophet, evangelist or whoever, whatever they have to say. Let's just make our own decisions and uh, uh, call our own shots and make our own rules. But I truly believe that this is why the world is in the shape that it's in today is because people don't want to listen to God. They don't want they try to they try to even do away with the reality of God. You see, but just like the, the just like the Egyptians had to find had to find out that God is God, that he's the one who makes the rules. He's the one who calls the shots. Then the, in the same like manner, people on this earth have to find out, hey, God is really God. He's the one who calls the shot. He's the one who makes the rules. He's the one that we need to glorify. He's the one that we need to obey. You see. And 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 there's going to come a day when Jesus is going to come back again and he's going to, to take account of every man. And the Bible says that every man, every woman, every boy, every girl shall be judged out of the things which they did is not an unrighteous judgment. You see, it's not just God coming back saying, well, I'm going to judge you and I'm going to cause you to pay for whatever I think you need to pay for. No, we, we <laughs> let, let me tell you. Whatever we purchase or whatever we bring to the counter is what we have have intentions on purchasing and we have to pay the price for it. So whatever we do in our lives is what is going to follow us into the judgment. And when it's put on the counter, guess what? We have to pay whatever the price is for that thing. Did you hear what I said? And so we're going to go ahead and, and wrap it up right there. But uh, we're going to talk a little bit more. Uh, as we begin to uh, go further into the wilderness as a Israelite with the children of Israel and keep our eyes open as far as what we're seeing in the wilderness and what we're seeing God doing in these various stations and places where the children of Israel had set up camp. We're going to look at it for ourselves because we need to be there uh, uh, coming out of Egypt. We need to be looking uh, into the wilderness and seeing, you know, what 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 we see uh, in these particular places, because sometimes, you know, uh, even I've asked the question, you know, well, why did they say this? Why did the children of Israel say, well, we, we need to go back to Egypt? Didn't, why would you want to go back to Egypt when uh, God has brought you out of Egypt and Egypt was such a, hor a horrible place? But for them, it was home. For them, it was what they were familiar with. And sometimes we're willing to put up a, with a whole lot of things because we don't want to uh, or we're afraid of what's the uncertain. We're afraid of what's out there. If we leave what we know, what will we actually go to? You see, but sometimes we have to just be willing to turn a loose, turn loose, not a loose, turn loose of what is behind us, like Paul said, forgetting those things which are behind and pressing on to those things which are before. But to do that, we have to know something about the character of God and remember the character of God, how God is loving, how God is kind, how God never uh, left us in Egypt. He made a promise that he was going to bring us out of Egypt. And that's what he did. You see. 
and, and, and remember the character of God as we're going through these different places. Because a lot of times our mind will tell us different things about God. God is not right. God is not fair. God is not loving. God is not kind and all these kind of things. Our mind will tell us this because of the circumstances that we're going through. But we have to remember the true character of God. Always remember the character of God. Whenever we're going through a situation that we don't understand, remember the character of God. Whenever we lose a loved one, remember the character of God. Whenever we are fired from a job, lose a job, lose a child, lose whatever. Remember the character of God because some of the things in life that we go through will mess us up. Did you hear what I said? Will absolutely mess us up. And a lot of times people say, well, if God is loved, then why did he let that happen? If God is so kind, why did he let that happen? No, we have to look deeper than that, because if we remember the character of God, that God is love, the Bible says, if we would remember that, if we remember that God said, uh, those that are laboring heavy laden, I will give you rest. So, you know, it's not God that's putting all this on you, but there has to be there have to be another reason for it. But we will not always find out every reason, not on this side of heaven, we will not know the answer to everything all the time. But God will help us through all of those things and help us to realize that it wasn't him that did this to us, but it was someone else, someone else's decision or what have you. Let's pray. Father, we thank you right now in the name of Jesus for your word. We thank you, Father, for the kindness that you show us. We thank you for the deliverance that you give us. We thank you, Father, and we ask that you would just keep using us and keep showing us, Lord, keep helping us to grow in you and to be more like you. Father, I thank you in Jesus' name. Keep your people, Lord. Keep them safe from COVID-19. Lord, those that have lost loved ones, I pray that you would minister to their hearts, that you would touch them, that you would comfort them, and Lord, that you would lead them on to a better place uh, of understanding, Lord. It's not you, but Lord, sometimes we don't understand everything, but we trust you anyway. And one day we'll understand it better by and by. So we thank you, Father. If you want to communicate with me, it's RevKev and the Root 2020 at gmail.com. RevKev and the Root 2020 at gmail.com. Until next time, God bless you.